and hello and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, website design and branding, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, custom CRM design and implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. They also do a radio show called Strategic Insights Radio. The host of today's show is Jennifer Roos. She is the CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Her guest today is Sheila Carmichael with Transitions D to D. And a little bit about Sheila, Jennifer, if I may, before she comes on. Please. Sheila is a global executive coach with more than 25 years of experience in talent management, organizational development, and diversity and, and inclusion. As far as Transitions D to D, they specialize in helping professionals, leaders, and organizations transition from where they are to where they want to be. They partner with uh, others for coaching, training, and consulting for a proven process to help you make the best business and talent decisions. So without further ado, Jennifer, I turn it over to you and Sheila. Thank you, Mike. And hi, Sheila. How's it going? Oh, good morning. It's going well. Good. So today we're going to talk a little bit about leadership and what's happening out in the workforce today and also how to retain your current employees within the workforce. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I found was really interesting is that 91% of current employees only plan to stay in their current job for three years or less. Mm -hmm. That's not exactly a great training ground for any kind of leaders. Exactly. And then you've got 100,000 baby boomers who are retiring each day right now. Correct. It's a huge number of actual trained leaders that are going out. And that 48% of the workforce by 2020 are all just going to be millennials. Yes. So you've got this whole space of workforce, right? Very complex. <laughs> With a whole different dynamic and nobody training them. Yes. How to get there. Yes. And they're not staying in a job where in the past, you know, during the time that I started, you thought, okay, you were going to be in your career. It was a career, not a job anymore. Correct. It was, you went in, you stayed with the company till you went all the way through and you, you tenured in. The full cycle. The full cycle. You yes. started at the bottom, you worked your way all the way up. Yes. Now it doesn't work that way. No, not you, at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it, some of the things that I've, I found interesting is that, you know, a lot of organizations really are putting money towards leadership training. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that the people aren't staying long enough to actually even complete the leadership training. Correct. Correct. So how in your, what, what are you seeing out there? How are you addressing some of these issues that you're seeing with these, these people who are just moving from job to job? Well, it, it's, it's, it's very complex, as you said, between the generations that are coming in, going out, the complexity of the business models that are evolving. It's, it's, so, it's so complex. And, and like you said, they're not staying. So what are you doing to get employees engaged? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the key things is around leadership. Gallup says, Gallup organization says that 70% of your profits come from leadership. And leadership is about influencing others. So what are you doing to encourage, engage, empower, to instill a sense of value and loyalty within your culture and your organizations to keep company, to keep employees? So what are you, I mean, you work with a number of employers and yes. employees in general. What are you, what kind of um, secrets are you telling them or, or what kind of opportunities are you provide or telling your employers to provide to employees? Mm -hmm. Or what are you suggesting to them 
as solutions to this problem? Well, you know, each company is different based on what they're offering and the culture that they have. Forbes just recently posted uh, some information around what are the eight essentials of leadership. And it starts with um, not only just making sure that you're sincere about how you're approaching it. Millennials especially will read through the the the, the bluff, right, immediately. Mm-hmm. That your integrity is high and you're handing credit, which is very, very important for millennials. Uh, you're a great communicator. You're loyal. You you make decisions. You don't, you know, wait too long to, to pull the trigger and take risks. You have competence in your managerial capabilities and you have faith in them to know that they can do what they can do. That's essential. So I go into organizations and I understand where are you at with looking at these essentials around leadership? What are your systems in place to ensure people feel that they are a part of the organization? And it doesn't really matter if you've got five employees working for you in a small business or if you've got 5,000 employees or 500,000 employees. What's your culture? What are your practices to reinforce that this is the culture you want to include? And what are the policies to make sure that things are going the way you expect them to go? Well, I mean, I know that a lot of the small businesses, especially, right, they they think, wow, this is a big expense for me doing leadership training. Mm-hmm. Um, these employees, I mean, I could barely pay for their workers' compensation, let exactly. alone tr- train them. But what I what I found in working with a lot of small businesses, as well as large corporations, it's ac- the cost of acquiring and training a new employee mm-hmm. outweighs the cost of actually providing those benefits of leadership training and making the work-life balance and creating an atmosphere where they want to stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, what is, what's the, the stat now? It's with 115% I, I don't cost. recall it. Yes, but it it's is. Huge it's very cost. huge. You figure, and you're doing that over and over again each time you bring in an employee. And the higher the level of the employee in your organization, whether they report directly to you, the net cost is even higher. Well, it's not just the cost of actually the acquisition and the training, but it's the cost of your experience with the with your customer. Yes. So you end up losing more customers in doing that with not having a consistency within your employment. Correct. Correct. So that's that is a true outweigh, you know, an outward way mm-hmm. on your actual experience of your business. Yes. So that makes it kind of interesting. So what what kind of tools do you do you present to someone that you're training on the leadership side to enhance their leadership abilities? Well, one of the key things is how well are you as a coach? You know, I'm a coach and I can live in your environment, which is great, but you'd have to pay a lot of money to make that happen. So how do we skill leaders to be more as coaching and teachers on the job and encouraging folks and then helping them to understand what are the things they can do differently to really impact the engagement of their employees? So the tools, they're all over the place. My favorite, absolute favorite is the Gallup Strength Finders. Okay. Because now I'm tapping into who you are authentically, uniquely, just for you, because each leader is different. Then we can tie those to what are the proven characteristics of quality leadership? And you can deliver it in a way that's best for you. Well, what's interesting with that, though, is how how are you addressing the difference differentiation of leadership and how leaders are working with millennials at this point? Because mm-hmm. I mean, there's a gap, and there's a gap in every generation. We can't just blame it on this is because it's a millennial or because it's a generation exactly. X or because it's a baby boomer. But there really is because of technology a much wider gap now, yes, yes. and a much more apparent gap. 
So what kind of tools are you addressing? Because I know a lot of people are saying, well, we're training the millennials to deal with the baby boomers and how they address. But how are you training the baby boomers and the generation X to deal with the millennials? Because this is the leaders. They're supposed to be helping to guide these to take over their job someday. Absolutely. Absolutely. So mentoring is a wonderful approach to help on two ways of that street. So it's not only the, the most seasoned, talented leaders mentoring those who are coming into the organization, but you can also reverse mentoring. And if the leader is open-minded to also learn, as well as the new associate coming in to learn, now you've got a two-way mentoring process going on. You're training and equipping those who are new in the organization, as well as those who are already in the organization. That's interesting. I mean, especially because if you ask anybody who in the baby boomer site, right, they'll make jokes about the fact that, hey, if I don't get it, I'll ask my grandchild, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But yet in the workplace, they won't ask for help from ask. a millennial yes, who grew up in the technology. Yes. They came out the womb with the iPad in yes, their hands. Yes, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... And I still remember the days of when I was so excited when I got this Electron typewriter right. that that actually had this strip in it that <laughs> and I didn't have to blow on the whiteout anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, I, it, you're so true. I mean, if as a leader, one another characteristic is humility mm-hmm. in knowing when you don't know. So, so a good leader. I've said this before. A good leader will figure things out, but a great leader will know and humble themselves enough to say, you know what, I can't do this. Let me find the strength within my team or organization or in my network to help me figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's a key difference. And that's where that reverse mentoring really kicks into gear. When you can recognize the talent in others where you don't have that strength. It's hard, especially as a leader, very honestly, to to bite your own tongue, Mm -hmm. to... To know that you can't do everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's fun because I work with a lot of, of, of small businesses and a lot of large, as I said, but even in the small business, especially because it's your baby. Yes. You know, you built this, you are the entrepreneur who created this, you, you're you growing this. It is very hard to relinquish yes. the control over different aspects of it because yes. it's your baby. Yes. And so... You become almost defiant at times mm-hmm. as a leader mm-hmm. and and almost have yourself in the back because you don't allow the people around you to help you progress. Exactly. And, you know, something just to add to that. One of the things I know for large corporations that smaller businesses can truly adopt is think about it. A large corporation, you have your CEO, you have your C-suite, you have your board of directors, mm-hmm. you have this entourage around you of all these resources and networks to help you. Well, as a small business, you can still have that same entourage. Mm -hmm. It's just at a smaller scale. So I would ask a small business owner, who are the people on your C-suite, whether they're in your organization or not, but these are your trusted colleagues that you can Mm -hmm. go to and they're your advisory board, right? Who are the people who are on your board of directors, whether they're in your company or not, that you can bounce ideas off of and get that thought leadership. So it's the same approach just scalable mm-hmm. to what you're doing and what you need so that you can do more of what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is set the vision, get people on board, communicate where you're going to, all the strategic things, and then cascade down some of the more tactical things. It was very interesting because I was at the Paysetter Awards for the Atlanta Business Chronicle. Mm-hmm. And 
And it was really interesting because they actually asked us in it, in the awards, it was uh, one of the spe- the last speakers. And he said, he asked the crowd, and the, and you have to understand in the crowd, these are the businesses and there's some other business, but most of the people in the crowd are the hundred companies that actually be, were pace setters for the year. Mm-hmm. And to be a pace setter in the year, you have to make more than $2 million, um, up to 300 million. Mm-hmm. You have to have grown over a, a specific percentage by more than 50% uh-huh. over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. You have to, in the last four Four years have grown over a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's a huge to even make the list is a right, huge thing right. to be able to do. Now, the interesting part with that with the pay setters is the question they asked is how many of the companies in it had advisory boards if they yes. didn't have boards themselves because these are all privately held companies. Okay, so we don't necessarily have boards. So how many have advisory boards? Mm-hmm. And every single company in there rose their hand. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm a small business owner. And I have advisory boards. I have people who I go to. That's my C-suite mm-hmm. folks. You know, they some are not on the payroll, yes. right? And then I have friends and colleagues and people in my network that I use because they have that skill. They're mm-hmm. my marketing guru. They could be my communications guru. They're my finance guru. They're my my business strategist. So you have to have that, whether you're a small entrepreneur, mm-hmm. a small, medium-sized business, or a large organization, you need to have that network so that you have the business balance to do your role effectively as the CEO and running your company. You can still be attached. You can still be, you know, intimate, involved and, you know, do the things that you need to make sure that they're going, of course, to the direction you want to set. But you don't have to do everything. Well, you shouldn't do everything anyway, because one of the things you become almost kaleidoscope yes. in the way you, you work. You do not want to have that that tunnel vision where, yes, you have a great product, you know it's a great product, but you have no idea the right way to market it or the right way to come to terms with it or even to, to run with your employees to actually exactly. provide what it is. Exactly. Giving that outside view in is always a great thing because you want to be able to know what everybody else, that proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. You want to hear what everybody else thinks it is. Because mm-hmm. one of the, my fun things that I do, because I do a lot of proof of concept, right? Even with the large companies and we look at a product and we bring it out to market uh-huh. and what the internally the company thinks and the creator of the product sometimes is so diametrically yes. different than what it actually is perceived to do would be. Yes, yes. And it's fun because I mean, some of the the responses we get back of how people utilize it or what do they think of it is like way off the mark to why yes. it was actually created. Yes. So, you know, taking that same concept and earlier you asked, how do you as a leader engage your employees? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because companies know how to find out the consumer insight, mm-hmm. right, is what you just listed. And they go, whoa, we need to follow what the consumers are telling us. Rightfully so, because that's going to impact their profits. Mm-hmm. What if you took that same approach for your employee engagement? Instead of always going outside to figure out what your own employees want, how about just asking inside? Mm-hmm. And you can do the same thing with getting employee insights to tell you, here's what we need. So you're asking employees about consumers versus asking consumers about themselves, do the same thing with employees. Ask employees about what they want instead of bringing and going outside to always get these things to tell you, well, here's what you need to do differently in your organization with your employees. And your employees get that information and they have that same exact response. 
Mm-hmm. Whoa, what are you doing? You have no idea what the realities are of what we're dealing with on a day to day. I know a lot of employees don't want to answer those surveys though, yeah. if they're sent out because yeah. number one, I mean, we all know that depending on your company, we can track who sends what. Let's face it. Well, even if it says anonymous, right. I mean, there's not. The, the company really, and early I mentioned those eight essential qualities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Integrity. Mm-hmm. If it's truly used for info gathering, right? You don't go back to your consumers, hopefully, you know, unless you got get their permission, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with employee engagement results. They should be anonymous. You should not know who they are. Now, there are systems and things that are in place. Sure, if you want to dig into it, but it's actually your practice behind that. Mm-hmm. What I have found is that a lot of companies will do employee engagement surveys or employee satisfaction surveys. They get rich data and they have options. They choose to not do anything. So mm-hmm. now the employee goes, what was this really about? It's another flavor of the month. You're not listening. Or they pick and choose what they want to do, which are their priorities versus the employee's priorities. And employees go again, okay, really? You're not listening <laughs> to us. Or they don't, you know, they just kind of say, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And it's, it's just corporate speak, right? I'm telling you one thing, but my behaviors are something different. Mm-hmm. And that leaves them with that feeling of you're not doing anything. But if you're honest and you, you actually say, we've received a ton of data and based on what we've received, here's our top priorities of what we're going to go after. But we're going to need your help mm-hmm. to help us accomplish the things that are right for you. Imagine that, what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Change the whole world. No, it's true. I mean, it, you really try to work... It, the best way to keep your employees is try to work directly with those employees Mm -hmm. and really get them engaged in the process changes that can help them stay within their organization because then they feel like they were a part of something. They were part of making that change, making it better for themselves. And they've got almost that accountability to to stay to make sure it did happen. Yes. You would do that with your consumers. Mm -hmm. Why not do it with your employees? Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's sometimes easier said than done, ironically, because the consumers, I think it's because they feel that they paid for the product or the service, that it's their, it's their, not just their right, but their, their reason for doing this, that they need to give that response back. I love the way you said that. It's their reason for doing it. Yeah. So I would challenge that and say, what's really the motivator here? It's that pocketbook. Oh, it totally is. So when the consumer gives that feedback, you will respond, you will react, you will do whatever you need to because you don't want it to impact that bottom line. But the joke is, I mean, the consumer, yes, that's a huge part of your bottom line. Don't get me wrong. Or the user, the end user. But so is the employee. Exactly. The employee is a huge part of your bottom line. In most companies, it's almost 30% or higher of your actual expenses. Exactly. So to me, when I look at my employees, for instance, right, I actually look at them in twofold. Yes, they are employees of mine. But second, they are actually my customers. Mm -hmm. And I have to look at them as my customers. And am I providing the tools that they need Mm -hmm. to, to reach the services that they are being put in place to do? Exactly. And how do I retain them? Just like I retain a customer, how do I keep them on board for the long haul? 
if something good or bad happens, but I you're still having conversations have. with them. You're engaged mm-hmm. with them. You know what's going on in their lives. It's no different than yeah. what you do with your consumers. I agree. And it's interesting though, because you've got a different mindset that has to come to leadership now. Mm-hmm. Because even with my case, right? Most of my employees telecommute. You know how hard it is to keep someone engaged when you don't see them mm-hmm. almost ever. Yeah, And so the, you have to put other things in place that keep them engaged with your organization, keep them pushing and talking about your company. That's where processes and systems come in. And I don't mean processes and systems from a technical side. Mm-hmm. I mean your process and system from a holistic approach. What do you do either regularly and consistently to let your employees know that you're thinking of them, that you're engaged mm-hmm. with them? So I know there's this big wave of changing performance management systems and not doing them, you know, once a year, or even twice a year. That's fine. But what are you going to do consistently? If you weren't consistent with that process, <laughs> then no other process is going to make a difference, right? No, so you really do. I mean, I have worked with leaders who knew absolutely nothing about what was going on with me personally. Okay, I bring my whole self to the organization and I can imagine, how did, do you think that made me feel? <laughs> Like, really? But then I've also worked with leaders who knew everything that was important to me. You know, whether I was going through some trauma at home, whether I was experiencing some things personally, they knew those things so that they could say, hey, just check in. How are you doing? Now, how did that make me feel? Mm-hmm. I gave over 200% on that. But when you knew nothing, you'd be lucky to get a little bit. <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, I, I've been in situations too, because I started my career corporate as well. And I've, though it's been a few years, there were a couple managers in there that, wow, they knew nothing, nothing. about me at all. And they made assumptions and yes. we all know what assumption stands for. Exactly. And, and, and it was like, really? I mean, we're not even talking about the same person here. I know. I had one leader actually said, how did I not know that about you? And I just looked at her like, really? You need me to answer that question? (laughs) Yeah. So you really do need to stay engaged with your employees. And here's the thing. Millennials are saying, I can stay engaged with someone around the world in less than a nanosecond. And I'm sitting right here in your office or in your town or in your country. And you can't even reach out to me to say hello. Yeah, but then you also have the other side of that coin too, right? So you've got millennials who, yes, they reach out to all these places around the world. They do it through technology, Mm -hmm. but yet they can't open their mouths and say hello over a phone. Well, that's where some training comes (laughs) in. Yes. So you got the two sides of it, right? So my biggest pet peeve, do not send me a text message. If you're on the phone already, call me. Yes. Yes. You're in the same room with me. I don't need you to text me. Yes. I would rather you actually turn around, shake my hand and talk to me. Look me in the eye. Well, you know, I I think technology has its place. I I get what you're saying. The personal touch is important. It has a much more lasting impact and it's more effective. Efficiency, Mm -hmm. the technology helps with. Is there a way to blend the two? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. And do you set up the protocols to say, here's what the communication guidelines and preferences are as a leader, as an organization? You know, I think sometimes a quick text is all you need. I get it. But then there are times if you've got a lot of information, I don't want to see 
two little screens of text coming across my phone. Well, that's that, not needed. That and and one of the things that I have a real issue with in text is I can't always get the meaning behind it exactly of what they're trying to get across. And then what my other big pet peeve, honestly, is getting emails where they're not addressed properly and they're using text speak in my email. Yes, really, do not abbreviate certain words. Well, those are educational t- moments. That's what I call them. They are educational <laughs> moments for and good business etiquette in writing. There are some educational moments that you can do. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm the CEO. I'm not, this isn't a joke, right? Yeah. And I get an email from an outside person going, hey, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> if the relationship level isn't good, then it all depends on your relationship with them. I use the word hey sometimes, but I hopefully I'm using no. that with a certain level of relationship I already have with that but person. But you've established, established exactly. that relationship. You're not someone who's sending me your Just resume. out of the blue. No, no, <laughs> like, no, no. That is not the best way to package and market your resume. <laughs> you know, you don't send that to my HR department and say, hey, hey, I'm looking for a job. Exactly. You got one? <laughs> No, that's not the way to do it. You know, you're right. You you mentioned this earlier, um, Jennifer, that there are things that you need to do that are just for good building of relationships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then there are things that you need to do to ensure that you are projecting the right business culture that you have for your organization. I would ask the CEO and the business leaders of the organizations, what are you doing to reinforce those consistently? How are you communicating those expectations within your organization so that your employees know what it is that they need to live up to, everyone on your team? Mm -hmm. And then how do you check to ensure that you understand where their needs are as well, just like you would with your customers? When you were talking about the hey email, I was pointing to me, it's like, is it me sending you that email? No, you sent me text messages with that. But that's a different story. We already have, as Sheila said, we already have that relationship, right? (laughs) Yeah. And... (laughs) And also remember, I mean, it's not a millennial and an employee talking to an employer. You know, we've worked together on multiple things and we're actually at the same level within our own organizations. So we have established a relationship within our organizations that that have fostered us being more, uh, being not just vendor and and Mm -hmm. but also friends within within the business community. And we've done things that are kind of outside the business realm as Correct. well, whether it be going to a ball game together with another group of people and so forth. So yeah, you're right. Okay. So we have a different kind of relationship than that. I, you're not coming to me as an employee going, Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Note to self, don't send Jennifer anything that just says, hey. <laughs> unless you already know her well. Exactly. <laughs> Well, for those, uh, before, as we wrap things up, uh, Jennifer and Sheila, uh, are there, for those that would like to find out more about your coaching, executive coaching and training, where can they get more information? Yes, absolutely. You can go to my website, which Sterling Rose actually built. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, our pleasure. Transitionsd2d.com. You can also send me an email at Sheila, Sheila at SheilaCarmichael.com, or you can call me directly at 770-710-5612. All right. And for Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, if you want to find out more about Jennifer's company, you can go to SterlingRoseConsultingCorp.com or call them at 678-696-1312. Is that the correct number? Yes, it is. And if you decide to send an email, just don't say, hey. Don't say, hey. <laughs> Not good. For Sheila and for Jennifer, I'm Mike and for our producer Trey, we'll see you next time right here on Strategic Insights Radio. Mm-hmm.